Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Forcing it, Draymond Green said about Joel Embiid. Unfortunately, he is hurt. MRI, I believe, today. He's going to miss the game tonight against the Utah Jazz. We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. A lot of conversation about this, about the 65 games. NBA Players Association and the league agree 65 games is going to be the threshold in order to win awards, qualify for all NBA teams, and that gives you a higher percentage of the cap as a result to max and supermax for these players in terms of negotiating their next deals. As CC has pointed out, it does not take any money away from your already negotiated contract. Andre Snellings is an ESPN senior NBA writer. And he joins us now. And I'm just going to give you the floor, Andre, because I know <laughs> I know that some things have been said on this show today that, um, well, Andre disagrees with. Go ahead, Andre. Well, yeah, and it's not just this show. You know, it, it's the, the angle of this in general, the, the angle that the NBA players are either entitled or they're not physically preparing for um, an 82-game schedule and that it, the onus should be on them to reach these certain player uh, games milestones. And if they don't reach it, then they shouldn't complain uh, about the results. And the reason I feel like I feel like we're missing the point here, you know, back in the day when Wilt Chamberlain was playing every minute of every game. Well, Satchel Paige was pitching every day in every baseball game. You know, back in those days, uh, NFL running backs might have been getting 300, 400 carries uh, a, a year. And there's a reason why in those other sports, as the, the game has evolved, it's not that medicine's not as good. It's not that training methods aren't way better now than they were then. It's that the game has evolved in such a way that physically the toll that, that it, it takes is different. And so I remember that Greg Popovich was kind of the one that got this whole load management thing popping with Tim Duncan. And, you know, if you look at Tim Duncan versus Kevin Garnett versus uh, Kobe Bryant, you know, kind of the three guys that went into the Hall of Fame together, it was Duncan who was still winning championships as a main player at the end of his career because he never had the, the major catastrophic injury that, that, that failed his, his two, two compatriots. And so I just feel like, you know, to Canty's point a few segments ago, but in reverse, he was saying that uh, he was taught the NFL players should leave the game better than they found it. And he didn't feel that NBA players were necessarily doing that right now. I think it's the opposite. I think that by making this publicly and in the media particularly um, a case of fans against players, fans feeling like, well, if the players aren't showing up to work 80% of the time, they can't complain. I think the NBA is doing itself a disservice because it's making everyone look at their stars in a negative light 
And ultimately, that's not to the positive of, of the brand itself. Well, Dr. Dre, let's talk about why this 65-game threshold was implemented. It came down to being able to negotiate the television contracts, and that's, that's where the lion's share of the revenue comes into the league and the players and the owners share in that. So I guess making sure the financial health, the economic viability of the league is not only good now but good long-term is a part of the obligation that the players have you know, in terms of where they're at in the platform and the position that they're in. I guess that's that's where I was coming from with the phrase, leave the game in better shape than you found it. Mm-hmm. Leaving the game in better shape financially so that the ones coming behind you can still enjoy the eight-figure salaries that you have right now, as opposed to what we saw in the 80s and the 90s, when those guys played every single game. And here's the other one that I need you to square for me. Okay. Because we're talking about health and safety and the evolution of sports science. Michael Jordan played in all 82 games in his age 39 season with the Wizards. And he played over 37 minutes a game that season. Help me make that make sense in terms of load management for today's players. Okay, so a, a couple of things there. Um, first of all, the the availability angle. I totally feel that. I've, you know, through the years I've been to NBA games and and you don't get to go to NBA games that often. So when you do go and uh the best players may or may not be there. Yeah, that, 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 that can hurt. So I, I definitely understand that. But a couple things. I would say that those same contracts that are negotiated for the rights, for television rights for the season, I think that the television rights for the playoffs are just as valuable, if not more. And part of the reason behind load management was making sure the players were available for that two-month marathon in May and June Um even at the cost of them potentially not being there every day during the 82-game marathon from from October to to April. Um, As far as how that, 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 you know, square in the circle, you mentioned Jordan at 39. You got to remember Jordan at 39, he was the ultimate load manager, right? He set out multiple full seasons before he got to 89. I mean, got to age 39. So, his age 39, the mileage on him is not the same as the mileage on, say, LeBron James at age 39, who's played in about a billion more games. And so I think ultimately where it comes down is that the 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 game needs players to be available in the regular season and the playoffs, maybe priority on the playoffs. But a point that you made the next segment, you said – you were talking about the Ravens and how they're an excellent organization because they listen to players and and work together. I think you mentioned like the grass field and and how that could help players stay healthier. I feel like if there's there's a question about uh, how many games a player can play and when they're going to miss, then maybe the players and the 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 owners or the governors need to work together a little better on okay, it is maybe healthiest for an NBA player to play 70 games instead of trying for 82 or make 70 the the, the goal instead of 82. So let's schedule when a player is going to play or versus when he's not going to play in advance if that's going to be the case. You know, like I mentioned the baseball pitchers before, we all know now the pitcher's only going out there every fifth day. Mm-hmm. Nobody says, well, man, if the pitcher's played more than 20% of the time, you know, like if they're such prima donnas because they only play 20% of the time. No, like change the conversation. Make it less about us versus the players and more about what does the sport need to be better. 
In that scenario, Andre, of course, the ace of the, of the starting pitching staff is more of the star, but players are familiar with the guys that are going to slot in after that. With, with the NBA, I have to think some of this is about star power, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be the same as it is in baseball if you're slotting other people behind, let's say, a Giannis or a Joel Embiid. So how do they combat that? Because a lot of this has to do with, with eyeballs and butts and seats based on the star power of the players that are involved in load management. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we talked a little bit about off the air about the probably the closest uh, analog to that, which is NFL quarterbacks, because the NBA, you know, David Stern made the calculus in the 80s and it was a great one for the pocketbooks to market the player over the team, to market mm. the player over the game. And so because of that, if the player that's been marketed isn't there, that's going to be difficult. And, and I certainly recognize that. But in the NFL, the quarterback is the one player that every fan base knows for their given team. And the rules were changed, not to have them miss every, you know, a certain amount of time. But you can't touch a quarterback nowhere. Canty, I know you know that. And <laughs> and so, you know, I, I don't think, you know, there are commercials now making fun of it. Uh, the fact that, you know, oh, if you hit him low, it's a penalty. You hit him high, it's a penalty, you know. But no one blames the quarterback for that, right? Like, there, there's not this messaging in the media that, like, you know, we didn't want to change the rules for them, but we had to because they were prima donnas. No, they knew they needed their 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 marquee guys available, particularly at the important times, and and they worked to change the rules. They worked to change the rules for that, that benefit without making the onus on the players. That's what I'm asking for, uh, uh, both for us and for the NBA itself, is – try to come up with the solution for this problem that may need some creativity, but that doesn't come down to, well, it's all the players' fault, any rule changes we have to make. Talking with Andre Snelling, ESPN senior NBA writer here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Let's just go back to one thing on this, and I don't, I don't think you're necessarily going against this. Mm-hmm. I think what's really hurt everyone in this argument is the idea of load management, like preserving players, because I don't believe that anyone actually cares about preserving players. I'll tell you why. Two years ago, the Golden State Warriors won a championship. I do not believe they would have done so without Kevon Looney. He played 82 games that year. Nobody said that Kevon Looney needs to rest. He plays an enormous role on that team. This is only about it being a TV show and guaranteeing that star actors are in the TV show. Because load management, theoretically, if science is behind it, should apply to everyone, not just if you are above a certain threshold of points per game. Yeah, but... So for for one thing, stats in 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 any sense of the word, including medically, are not absolute. There's always going to be essentially a probability. And so the question is, is there a higher probability of injury uh, if pushed beyond certain thresholds? Now, the NBA is currently uh, at least the, the reports from this year are saying that they don't believe that to be the case. I will say I was at the Sloan Analytics conferences a decade ago when the opposite was being said, when the the people were presenting data that, hey, you know, not being out there for this 82 game marathon, 40 minutes a game only works to preserve the players. And so there's a little bit of having it both ways ism to me as far as that goes. But wait, can I just interrupt you on one thing? there? Uh huh. So the person who started the Sloan Analytics conference, correct me if I'm wrong, is Daryl Morey. Is that correct? Yes. And Daryl Morey's way in which he goes about managing a basketball team and putting a roster together has been successful up until a certain point, but not relative to winning championships, 
right? The ultimate goal. There's something that's not connecting here, Andre. Well, Daryl Morey was not a general manager when he started the Slow Analytics Conference. Like, that wasn't the, the, the point of the conference was, was not, you know, to be how, uh, you know, to, to teach how he GMs. It was to, to look at, at, at different stats in different ways. And that conference has evolved over time to where you'll see different um, entities from different fields make arguments about involving stats. But it wasn't Daryl Morey that was necessarily pushing the narrative that, hey, fewer games is better. Like I said, the, the first person that I really knew doing that was Greg Popovich, who has no trouble at all winning championships. Right. So I don't think that, that, that this is a Daryl Morey issue. Well, Andre, I guess my whole question is, why is this thing being purported as an existential crisis for the players when in reality it's a situation that if they don't get to the 65-game threshold, then there's a chance that they don't qualify for contract escalators or bonuses. Like I, That's the part that doesn't make sense to me. Like It's not as if the players don't get their salary. It's not as if it's not going to be well into the eight figures. It's a matter of, well, you don't qualify for the super max threshold because you don't make the all-NBA team because you don't get an MVP, so on and so forth. So I guess I don't understand why it's such a big deal from the player perspective when this is a situation where you don't qualify for an escalator or a bonus as opposed to your typical salary. Like, if you think that it's in the best business, for, best interest for you, the business, the brand, to load manage, then you can do so. Right. You just don't qualify for the escalator or the bonus in your contract. I don't understand why it's now deemed such an issue or a hazard by guys like Draymond Green or guys like Tyrese Halliburton. I, I guess that's the part that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. It's not as if we're saying you don't get your salary. You just don't get these escalators or bonuses because you didn't play an X amount of games. Right. So uh, a, a, there's three things I want to respond to real quick in what you said. First of all, the reason it's coming up with Halliburton is because obviously he's dealing with an injury that's going to keep him from meeting those escalators and, and being able to qualify for both awards and financial gains. Yeah. Two, Draymond and, and Embiid the other night, Draymond is right. I was watching that whole game. Embiid was dragging his leg around. They were saying, well, Embiid says he feels okay, and, and he says all the right things about, well, I want to be healthy for the playoffs. But that whole game, I was literally, if you look at my Twitter account, or X, whatever it's called, I was literally typing the words, they've got to get Embiid out of here because he's not helping the team and he's risking getting hurt. Dre, but, he turned his ankle trying to get a rebound in that game. I'm saying, and, and you don't think that that's related to the fact that his leg wasn't healthy? If, if his leg was healthy, he, he's a good enough athlete. He was running and falling down. And you know what I'm saying? Like things that don't happen. And I mean, let alone the fact that he couldn't, you know, shoot or rebound or defend anywhere near his normal levels. So the, it, it was clear from the outside that, he was risking his health by being in there. And yeah, it might have been a freak accident. The dude fell on his leg, but the whole, you know, the, there's a higher risk of getting injured if you're already injured. Yeah. But, you know, to the bigger question that you asked, I want to address it real quick. The, um, the, the, the reason why it's a problem now or why I feel like it's a bit of a problem is because, again, we're putting the onus on the players. You know, an athlete's career is very short and, you know, you only come this way once. So why should a player have to make the calculus of, I'm going to give up the chance to be an MVP? You know, okay, he's, he's been MVP before, but this is a singular uh, uh, accomplishment. Why should I have to give up, you know, contract because of health, you know, something required for my sport? 
Whereas instead, if 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 the owners and the players were working together, where it wasn't just about the players are the prima donnas, I think everybody would be better off. Andre Snelling's ESPN senior NBA writer with more information, obviously, on this and this big debate about that 65-game threshold. We do appreciate your time. Appreciate you, Drake. All right, we fellas. We are unsportsmanlike. And lady. Thank you, ESPN Andre. Radio. Catch you next time, Smalls. <laughs> See ya. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. The finesse beat, Bruno Mars, Cardi B, is really the the beat from In Living Color back in the day. Yes. Oh, it's the greatest show, which created the halftime show for the NFL. Wild. Never knew that. I didn't either. Never I was just that. seeing, and they paid a million. I don't even think they pay the halftime artists anymore because they don't need to. No, I thought the halftime artists have to pay them. Like the halftime artists have to give them a portion of the proceeds from whatever upcoming tours or promotions that they're doing. It makes oh. sense. It actually makes sense. It's wild, isn't it? Think about <laughs> having a platform of halftime <laughs> at the Super Bowl. Think about that. That someone gives you that platform. With fifty to a hundred mil- or hundred plus million people watching, yeah. that yeah. platform nobody gets. So yeah. I get if the NFL says, "All right, Usher, in order to get up there, you give us a million dollars." Let me get a piece of that Vegas record- yeah. legacy, dog. Yeah, yeah. Let me get a piece of that Lovers and Friends, dog. Man, they really just have everything. <laughs> man, working they for are them. like Bishop Magic Don Juan out here, man. <laughs> like they, they got they got people hitting the stroll, boy. <laughs> come come on back and bring us our money. <laughs> oh, perform for free and yeah. then say thank you yeah, and give, give us my, a piece of the give pie. Me my money. <laughs> I mean, it's smart. And everyone's like, okay. That's the American way. Wow. It, it is smart. Um, I think that... It is legal in Vegas, too, by the way. <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> what was that now? It, it is legal in Vegas. <laughs> okay, anyway, um, Diana Rossini of The Athletic came oh, out with a story boy. yesterday. I'm going to run through just quick hitters on notes from this story about the New York Jets. Please fill in any blanks that I leave out here because there's probably going to be a lot that I leave out, all right? Because this is how crazy this was. Well, what's crazy is you're going to go through the list and we're not going to know until the end of the list whether you left anything out because there's so much. I think I did. So here we go. Okay, okay. All right. A Jets coach said that that environment is a bleeping mess. Someone in the league uh, for another GM, GM said that Joe Douglas, the GM, is actually the assistant GM of the Jets because Aaron Rodgers is the actual GM. Aaron Rodgers and his offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, are like frat brothers. Okay. Robert Sala, the head coach, was complaining that the Giants got a pass when the Jets did not. He also started complaining that other teams around the league um, 
had bad records without their starting quarterback, so why isn't he considered just like the rest of them? Zach Wilson, who was, uh, I guess, thought of to redshirt this year and have a big brother in Aaron Rodgers, well, that big brother, Aaron Rodgers, didn't want to be a big brother. It's not the first time we've heard that before. And um, went on his own after he got hurt, which is his right. And the communication between Aaron Rodgers and Zach Wilson wasn't necessarily there. Rodgers went on Pat McAfee, as he does weekly during the season on ESPN, which is great. And uh, Robert Sala then didn't like what was said, not by Rodgers, but just all the leaks going on. And he threatened to take the phones of all of his assistant coaches to find out where all the leaks were within the organization. Those are just some of the things. Those were some of the appetizers within Diana Rossini's story in The Athletic about the New York Jets, Smalls, and the dysfunction around their team this year. You missed a, a bunch of key moments from Go this ahead. article. Yeah. How about the fact that Nathaniel Hackett was lacking in attention to detail and that for most of the season he would meet with Keith Carter, who's the offensive line coach and the running game coordinator, and he would meet with Todd Downey, who was the passing game coordinator. He would meet with those two individuals during the week, but wouldn't get together with the rest of the offensive staff until the last minute to prep for the game. The last minute with the rest of the staff. You would think if eight is out, and you're game planning around Zach Wilson, that you would be meeting with everyone more. It's all hands on deck every single day of the week. There's not a minute to waste. You know how bad Zach Wilson was in your quarterback situation was? You had to get in bed with Aaron Rodgers. That you you already know how bad it was. It wasn't good. So you should quite literally try to coordinate all of the different moving parts to put the offense in the best position to have success. Like, the, the, the job description is in the actual title. It's offensive coordinator. You're not supposed to wait until Saturday night at the team hotel to go through the game plan with the running backs coach, the wide receiver coach, the offensive line coach. It's probably not a good idea. Mm-mm. And that's why the offense looks so dysfunctional this year. Like, I just, uh, uh, you know, this, this franchise actually puts the fun in dysfunction. They do. I, I mean, I, I think about it. Like, one of the stories in the article happened to be when the Tim Boyle era of the Jets season went off the rails and they decided, you know what, maybe we should turn back to Zach Wilson. And it got out that Zach Wilson was reluctant to step back in as the starter because of all of the criticism that he had faced and he didn't want to jeopardize what everybody assumed was going to be his free agency this coming offseason. Well, that got out. And then Aaron Rodgers had an issue with all of the leaks in the building, which prompted Rob Sala to gather all his assistants together and say, hey, let me check your cell phones to make sure you're not the source of the leak. And I promise it's not going to be bad if you step forward and tell me you did it. Like, who the hell are you to ask me for my cell phone? You ain't my damn daddy. Like, you may dye your beard and you might think you are, uh, like, you might feel like it. You ain't my daddy, bro. I'm not giving you my phone to prove to you that I'm not the source of the leaks that's going on in the franchise. But, like, who does that? That That is unprofessional. There, there is a certain level of decorum that you're supposed to have when you're the head coach. And it's clearly lacking from Rob Sala. It's a bigger indictment on him than the first two seasons as the Jets head coach before Rodgers got there. Think about that. This is a bigger indictment on him than the first two seasons that he was the head coach where he lost 23 games. This is more embarrassing for the franchise. This article, all the details. This is more embarrassing for the Jets than anything that they've done over the, on the field during the Joe Douglas, Rob Sala era of New York Jets football. 4-13, 7-10, 7-10 is three years, 18-33, uh, 35.3% 
a winning percentage here for Robert Sala, and he gets a fourth year this year. Anything else from this article that you wanted to highlight? Smalls? Oh, one more thing. Okay. Well, actually, there's and several. An- and another thing. There's several. Another one. But We're just, going DJ Khaled on for, this. for, you know, time's sake here. How about that the owner, Woody Johnson, is really active on Twitter, and he's listening to criticism from us in the media and from fans, and he would share the opinion of the fans and of the media with Robert Sala in conversations about what wasn't working on the offense. So he would sit down with the head coach of his football team and say, Joe Bag of Donuts in Poughkeepsie thinks we need to run the ball more. I was watching ESPN and I saw Evan Cohen say that we need to work in more motion. Why would you think that that, that that is in any way beneficial to your head coach to hear the criticism and the outside noise from fans and media on social media? You know what else is amazing that just hit me? We are now over 24 hours removed from when Diana Rossini dropped this story uh, by way of The Athletic, correct? Mm-hmm. So about 24 hours yeah, ago? Yeah, Has anyone denied anything? No. She spoke to over 30 oh, people. I'm not saying she – I know she's right. Don't get it twisted. Even if she's 1,000% right, which I believe she's 2,000% right. But how do you negate Nobody, that if I, you're the Jets? we got over 30 sources. We've got direct quotes – and there was you over just hope it goes 30 away, I guess, people that yeah. contributed to this. Oh, it's not going away. Oh, it's Aaron not going Rod- to. Aaron Rodgers is coming back this season. It's not going away. It's not going away. I don't know how they think that this is ever uh, going to be. One other, one other note. Thank you to Nuno, our producer. What, what an add-on to this. This is like when you get the steak and you add on the lobster tail, what Nuno just did to me. Surf and turf? Yesterday was Robert Sala's birthday. Oh, boy. <laughs> and the New York Jets, on Twitter at least, did not wish him a happy birthday. Well, did Rogers give them permission to? We're on Sportsman Like on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Kenny, Kenny, oh, oh Kenny! This is not hard hitting analysis. It's not that. Can he or can't he? That is the question. All right, let's go. A little round of can he or can't he here on Unsportsmanlike, brought to you by Granger. With supplies and solutions for every industry, Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com. Or just stop by today. Before I ask the question, let's hear from ESPN NBA senior writer Brian Windhorst with us about Kawhi Leonard. 
Number one, the Kawhi Leonard is playing like an MVP candidate. If you take him beat out and you bring in a new set of conversations, obviously Nikola Jokic, but I think you're going to be talking about Shea Gillis-Alexander, and I think you're going to be talking about Kawhi Leonard. So can Kawhi win MVP? I mean, really what it's going to come down to is do we think Kawhi is going to get to that 65-game threshold? That is correct. And I, and I think this year he actually will because this is the season where this team actually has a legitimate chance at being able to win a title and positioning in the Western Conference is going to be of the utmost importance. I mean, when you look at the top four seeds in the West, they're all within a game or two of each other. So, I mean, that's only going to continue to tighten up as we get down the stretch. And here's the thing. The Clippers, they have been phenomenal. Like, I know it got off to a rocky start with James Harden. But they're twenty three and five over the last twenty eight games. Like, like they're they're arguably the best team in basketball during that stretch. So, I think if you're talking about a team that could potentially be the number one seed in the Western Conference, and if Kawhi Leonard gets to that threshold, he will be the MVP of the league. Yeah, the Western Conference is fascinating because if you look at the top four teams that you just mentioned: Minnesota, Oklahoma City, the Clippers, and the Nuggets. Uh, one team you know is going to be great in the postseason because they're the defending champs in the Denver Nuggets. You're not worried about them. The other team is players, specifically Kawhi, that has has been great in the postseason if he's healthy. So you trust, believe it or not, you trust the LA Clippers, a team with James Harden on it, who notoriously is a horrible postseason performer. Yeah. But I still am at a place with Minnesota and Oklahoma City. As great as they are, I need to see it in the postseason. And Oklahoma City, to me, is a year ahead of where we thought they would be. So even if they don't perform that well in the postseason, but all of that leads me to think that, yeah, Kawhi could win the MVP Yeah, I mean, he's year. the best. Like, when he's healthy, he's the best two-way player in the NBA. Like, offense, defense, he's the best player, best two-way player in the league. And here's the thing. He's played in every single game. That means he only needs, what, 23 more games to reach that 65-game threshold? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Wait, let me, let me just make sure... I'm I'm understanding this. When he's healthy right now, Kawhi Leonard above Giannis? Yes. Yes. When he's healthy, yes. Yeah. Kawhi Leonard above Jason Tatum? Yes. Above Luka? Yes. I mean, sorry, or Michael Jordan, as uh, Jason Kidd called him. Um, wow. Above KD? Yes. Okay. I'm I just said, making sure. I said sure. when he's healthy, he's the best two-way player. The only problem with Kawhi Leonard is he ain't never healthy. <laughs> But this year he's played in every single game, so we got to give him his credit for that. And the numbers aren't going to be eye-popping, but he always positions his team to win. And down the stretch, when it comes to clutch time, the final five minutes, nobody is better at closing the show than that dude when he's fully healthy and he's locked in. Wait, one more. just to, I really have to confirm. What's up? Better than D'Angelo Russell in your eyes? <laughs> Go ahead, Smalls. <laughs> We've got... I think that's good money. Plus 15,000 odds? I mean, listen... That's on Kawhi, not that, D-Lo. That, 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 put, <laughs> yeah, I mean, put, a, put $100 on Kawhi to win MVP? I'm just saying. Just saying. Good odds. All there right, we've go. got the Lakers at the Celtics tonight. Can he or can't he? Can LeBron and the Lakers bounce back against the Celtics? It's plus 380 on the money line. Hell no. <laughs> they bounce back against the Celtics? Celtics got the best record in basketball. It ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. And the Celtics are something crazy like 20-2 and two at home. It's the best home start that the Celtics have had since they won the chip in 2007. Like, no, you're not going to beat the Boston Celtics. Like, I get that LeBron is going to get up for this game and there's a, a little bit of a rivalry between him and Jason Tatum, but no, it ain't going to happen. It ain't going Right now, I'm trying to figure out whether or not the Lakers can lose by less than 12 points because I'm thinking about putting some coin on this game. Mm. Like, that, like, that's what I'm trying to figure out. I know we're going to lose, but can we at least keep it close? Can we at least pinch the Celtics? Like that's, like, that's what I'm hoping that they could do. But they're so bad. I mean, they're 12 and 18 against teams that are over 500. Mm. This is not a good basketball team. If the Lakers are who I think they are, they'll actually win tonight. 
I think they're a team that is made to beat good teams, just not made to beat all teams. I actually think they can win tonight. It's they're crazy 12, as that sounds. But I just gave you the right. Tw- I know. Every note and stat points you in the direction that you said. I just look at the Lakers. See, you don't want to own this, but I think our two teams, the Lakers and the Heat, are so similar. They're going to drive you absolutely insane in the regular season, but put them in the postseason, they may make a run. No, I don't think they're the same because we actually have talent. <laughs> Look, I don't, I don't. Wait, the Heat roster is better. Anyway, I don't just, think, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. well, the Heat doesn't have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Well, like, they're, they're, they're two all NBA players. Like, y'all, y'all don't have that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, next one, Kenny or Kenny, uh, presented by Ga- uh, Granger. Can the T Wolves. Your best players don't have rings. What are we talking about? What, what are we talking really? about? Really? I mean, it's true. You said that they're the same, and I'm telling you that. Kevin not. Love doesn't have a ring. Oh, I didn't <laughs> know he was still in the league. Can the T Wolves <laughs> coach Chris Finch? Win Coach of the Year plus two thirty this year. Ooh, you know what? He we're can't. doing a question about Chris Finch right no, now. No, but you know what? They have the they have the best record in the Western Conference. They have the best. Like so, we have to acknowledge like he's a big reason why. And, and let's not make it like Chris Finch is irrelevant. He's the one that went on that rant after Carl Anthony Towns dropped sixty two points and saying that we embarrassed the game of basketball. So Chris Finch is relevant, and I think we all have to get used to the Minnesota T Wolves being relevant oh, yeah. because they're Love damn it. good. Yeah. And Anthony Edwards is phenomenal. Like it's not going be too much longer before we're saying that dude is the best in the NBA. Not Nikola Jokic, not Giannis, not anybody else. That dude is well on his way. That's the kind of career arc that he's on right now. And so if this team finishes with the best record in the West, and I know that's a big if, then I think Chris Finch does warrant consideration for Coach of the Year. He also opened the door in a weird way for Doc Rivers. Because remember, Chris Finch was an assistant coach elsewhere. They make the move in uh, Minnesota and they hire a guy mid-season that wasn't already on the staff. Because yep. normally you see the interim coach, just the guy sitting there. And they're like, no, the other guy was over there. <laughs> and so now maybe that's a thing in the NBA. Who knows? But Chris Finch has done a heck of a job uh, with the T-Wolves. All right, let's pivot to something I know you absolutely want to talk about, which is oh, yeah. Taylor Swift and the Grammys. Oh, yeah. This are... Sunday, I'm locked in. Let's go. That's right. We're officially in February. Today is February 1st. The Grammys are this Sunday, February 4th. Can he or can't? Can she or can't she, Taylor Swift, win record of the year plus 120? Oh, absolutely. She's going to win record of the year, and I think she might win more than that. Here's the thing. Like, this is going to be – this next week is going to be big for a trailer, Travis and, and Taylor. Like, yeah, this is going to be big for them. And I'm trying to figure out who's going to have a bigger week. Is it going to be Travis Kelsey winning yet another championship and going back-to-back, first team to go back-to-back since the 2003-2004 Pats? Or is it going to be Taylor Swift? And I'm leaning toward the latter. So, yeah, I absolutely think she wins record of the year. I mean, the Eras Tour was amazing. I mean, it was the most profitable tour we've seen. They turned it into a movie. Yeah, Taylor Swift is going to win record of the year. So, she's up again. Like, is there anybody know. else that she... That I'm looking right now. You could look at SZA. it. SZA. Oh, no, that's... Is this record? Yeah, record of the year. SZA, Kill Bill is also competing against Taylor Swift anti-hero. And I don't know, SZA was really big. SZA was really big, but SZA ain't got the PR campaign, uh, her, her boyfriend being Travis Kelsey and being at all these NFL games and having the biggest tour in the world. All right, next Sorry. one. Sorry. I, I don't Sorry, SZA. What's the difference between these? Album of the year and record of the year? Well, record is a single, song, one yeah. song. Oh. That's and album, album is the, the, whole, the, song, the, the whole, whole album. album. Okay, but then the next one is song of the year. There's also song of the year. I guess she's writing the like the writing the song. Maybe yeah, songwriters award. Songwriters songwriter. Oh well, she's definitely gonna win that. I'm isn't on Grammy.com. Yeah. 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 All right. So out. So you think? Let's just do it this way. Is she clean sweeping it? Clean sweep. 
I wonder what, like, if we parlayed those three things, so record of the year, album of the year, and song of the year, if we parlayed them, what will be the odds that we can get? Can we do that on ESPN Bet? Okay. Oh, we do we have non-sports on ESPN Bet? I mean, that would be interesting. I, but Taylor Swift is sports, though. Now that she's dating Travis Kelsey, she is sports. So he's on, we, can he's we get this on ESPN Bet? He can is we parlay something. Taylor Swift, record of the year, she wins it, Album of the year, she wins it, and she wins songwriter of the year. Can we get can we get that going on? I don't know. We have Billie Eilish. What was I made for? Coming out of the Barbie Ooh. movie, Barbie was massive this year, and yeah. Billie was perfection on that album. We can get Billie Eilish on the Academy Awards. We will get her an Oscar for that one. Let's <laughs> let Taylor Swift get the Grammy. Can we do that? Can we agree on that? Can we agree on that? I'm just so, saying. And you can you can parlay that. It's going to be about plus two ninety nine on the on this Taylor Swift stuff. Right. Plus two ninety nine. I like it. There you go, Nuno. Uh, I'm telling you. Not good at Wordle, but good at putting together parlays. <laughs> That's right. Who Mark knew? my words. Nobody will sing more of the other people's songs at the Grammys than Taylor Swift. My favorite thing about her, I'm not kidding, is how much she actually supports the other artists that perform. She's phenomenal with that stuff. So there you go. Can she or can't she? Uh, presented by Granger today. Cece, tell us more about Granger. Uh, yes, for the ones who get it done like Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We survived a terrible, terrible moment in our history. The most unsportsmanlike moment of the day. That was terrible. Was not a great look. We will give you our unsportsmanlike moments of the day. After CeCe gives you his best bet. 
No, I was unsportsmanlike last night. The Detroit Pistons making that more of a game than it should have been against the Cavs. Donovan Mitchell had to stay in in the fourth quarter, and he almost covered the points total for the entire game in just the fourth quarter. So needless to say, Donovan Mitchell went over 28.5 points last night and screwed up the parlay. Kevin Durant, of course, took care of his business. 33 points. He only needed 23.5. But yeah. so Must have been motivated by that big video tribute. The video tribute must have been the thing to put it over the top. But here's the thing. We're going back to the association tonight. And, of course, it's Lakers-Celtics. We have to get involved with that. The Lakers on the road. So I'm taking the Lakers – as plus, heard on ESPN Radio, I'm sorry, just want to say Yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Lakers, plus 11.5 points. I don't think they'll lose by 12 or more, so I'm taking the Lakers, plus 11.5 points. But because of the little rivalry, friendly rivalry between LeBron and Jason Tatum, I'm taking Tatum over 26.5 points. So Lakers, plus 11.5, and Tatum over 26.5 points. That pays out at plus 242. Okay. Last week was rivalry rivalry week in the NBA, right? Yeah. Yet, what would you say is the biggest rivalry in the NBA? Yeah, I would say probably Lakers Celtics. Yeah. yeah, why did we not have it last it's kind of week? Weird. Now that you bring it up, yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it's historical and it's not as much tangible. Well, you did today. have LeBron versus the Warriors on. That's Saturday. a rivalry, That's no a rivalry, question. Yeah. But it was a week. Yeah. I mean, I guess it. Whatever. I mean, anytime Lakers and Celtics are on, you're going to watch. It's one of those rivalries. No Duke, North Carolina this weekend. Michigan, Ohio State. One of those kinds of rivalries. And I will say, I did like your Cavs, uh, your your Donovan Mitchell pick of the thought of the Cavs have been so good, yeah. he doesn't play the fourth, except he had 45 last night. Yeah. And, yeah well, it really and, screwed yeah, you up. Over, he had, what, 20-something in the fourth quarter? He's like, been he's, great. He's been phenomenal. But I, I don't think we're going to see him. I think he needed a fourth quarter against the Pistons. Right. <laughs> Javante, what are the Pistons doing? They're costing us money. Yeah, I have no idea what's going on there. I guess, I mean, they've been playing better lately, but I didn't think they were going to keep, stay in the game last night. Like, right. Do you want to be playing <laughs> better, though? Like the whole, the whole point, like right now, the Pistons season is about the draft pick. Do you want to be playing better? I don't think they have to worry about that. I don't think they have an ability to like to flip it the switch here. All right, Six un- and forty-one, but we're un- playing better. Unsportsmanlike <laughs> moments of the day. Why? All right, I'll start in the we're NBA. Building. I'll start in the NBA because it's amazing to think. Last night in the Nets and the uh, Suns game, there were multiple unsportsmanlike moments. One was the fact that Kevin Durant asked to not have a video tribute and got a video tribute. The absurdity of the video tribute is out of control in the NBA. But the other thing is last night when. Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, and Devin Booker, Booker took the floor. They officially now have played more games together than KD did with his big three in Brooklyn. And that was over multiple years. Just let that sit in for a second. Four years, yeah. Four years. Yeah. Like, it's it, it settled in, excuse me. That is remarkable. Absolutely remarkable that they were so inept at playing with each other that a team that has barely been together in this team this year, and this is the first year together with Beal, Booker, and Durant, and Beal's barely played. We ain't even at the trade deadline. No. And, and they, <laughs> they play four games. But and him, Harden, and Kyrie. That's- the single biggest unsportsmanlike moment absolutely occurred with Patrick Mahomes. There was a picture that went viral. Google it. Go look up on Twitter, courtesy of Inside the NFL. <laughs> and he put it out there of Patrick Mahomes shirtless, in the locker room after winning the AFC, and Patrick Mahomes is a dad of, a, I believe, two two, yes. two young children, and Patrick Mahomes has a dad bod. He literally tweeted at Patrick Mahomes, yo, why they have to do me like that? Hashtag dad bod season. Now, 
Patrick Mahomes' version of a dad bod as someone that is a dad is not a dad bod. I would kill to have that version of that. Now, but here's the thing. Is this a prereq to become the greatest quarterback of all time that you have to at some point look like that? Tom Brady's draft combine photo yeah. is horrible for Tom Brady. Yeah. Mahomes' photo that went viral yesterday for Mahomes is horrible. Is that a pre- You play with a guy that won two Super Bowls at the quarterback position in Eli Manning. Yeah, I'm going to guess he looks like that a little no, bit. He no, doesn't. Eli ain't got no spare tire around his waist. Like <laughs> Maybe that's Mahomes. why he wasn't good enough. Well, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. But not Mahomes level good. Well, listen, is it a pre? Eli did what what Patrick Mahomes couldn't, which is beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Uh, uh, move on from that, so I'm just, uh, uh, and he did it twice. That's true. Do you think? <laughs> All right, then big off season question. There are two guys that we look at in the in the NFL right now at the quarterback position that we say have enormous amounts of pressure on them to win next year. So, do you think this off season the goal of both Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen should be to get fat? I don't think Lamar Jackson could if he tried. No. <laughs> I don't think he Josh Allen either. The way yeah, he, how tall yeah, he is and proportionate he is. That's a pretty good spare tie he got around his waist now. You, you had not seen he that, don't, I don't He might believe. not need a flak jacket or a rib protector. Were you surprised to see that? <laughs> Were you surprised? I was surprised to see that. Because I saw Because he's face. not big. He's skinny, how, he's skinny fat. Like, he's not big. He's 220 pounds. How amazing, That does not though. look good. Nobody thinks that looks good except you. Yeah. How amazing that the greatest quarterback, or the greatest player in the NFL, and maybe the greatest quarterback of all time, he's tracking that way, has a soft belly. Yeah. It's not a physical specimen. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's think not about a it. DK Metcalf. Ma- Mahomes, no. then you got Nikola Jokic. Like, I'm just sitting there like, <laughs> like oh. maybe there's something to it. Like, well, the, the, Nikola Jokic is the dad by Us God. getting this show? The dad you by and I, CC, yeah. maybe oh, yeah, that's yeah. it. Thank you for not including me. <laughs> right. I, I work on my fitness. Um, you think they, I would ever do that they, to you? They, Why they do Eli like that? That's Eli Manning now. <laughs> that's not, that's not what he was saying. That's Eli Manning now. Why they do it, Eli Manning like that? I know. That's not how he looked when he played. Now he's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> dad bods are in. I mean, what a, Mahomes being the captain of the dad bod team well, is you know, not something I saw coming here. In baseball, when guys lose weight, oftentimes they get injured and you know what they say you can't pull fat that's it so maybe they Patrick Mahomes he's very durable I was looking at some of the numbers last night because I was trying to prognosticate if he's going to be able to keep this up he is so durable it's outrageous we can get into that at a later time so who's the dad bod guy in the Major League Baseball who's that guy who are we I'm sure we got plenty of Miggy Cabrera certainly was that for a while oh no doubt Miggy's the first ballot but like the current Major League Baseball Mm. player well, Trout's considered the best player, right? Or Otani. Otani, I saw a video yeah, of Trout's the other day. Built like a I know. Yeah, right. I was going to say they Ohtani, don't Otani, I didn't realize he is enormous. Yeah, he's yeah. huge. Oh, my God. He's a truck. Yeah, out he's there. put together now. Yeah, he's like put together. Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber's Schwarber. a great one. Kyle Schwarber's a good one. But is one. Kyle Schwarber almost like even he's above the dad yeah, bud? He's not, he's not like goats. He's that, pretty like, good. He's good, but yeah. he's not like that. You're mm. talking about a guy that was hitting. That's why I'm trying to think if there's a goat in baseball. That is definitely good. not Bryce Harper. He looks like he's yeah, ripped. No. Just um, trying to think of their other I'm guys. I think of like a lot of these young stars that you would put in that conversation are, are very into workout, their physical workout fitness. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I'm just looking at recent MVPs. Otani's jacked. O- Ronald Acuna Jr., same thing. Aaron yep. Judge is a physical specimen. Yeah, Paul can't. Goldschmidt. Yeah, I don't think there's a Freddie Freeman. No, he's probably no. jacked. About Vladimir Guerrero Jr. 
Yeah, Last, that's, that's the one. Yeah, that's but that is more like a tank, though. Yeah, dad bod almost indicates non-obvious. Like we're surprised by that with Mahomes. Like I didn't know that was under the shirt. Right, exactly right. Like with with I Vlad, thought there was going to be abs under that. Right, for with sure. Vlad Jr. and even Schwarber, you're like, and and even Jokic, who you brought up, you're like, I know they're not like D, as you said, DK Metcalf. Yeah, they're right? not LeBron James. They're not LeBron James. <laughs> right. Who, like, doesn't own a shirt, and nor should he at any point when you're that jacked. Yeah, you just walk around shirtless. But Mahomes, we thought we knew everything about Mahomes. That was as big of a reveal yesterday as we've ever seen. But are, if you're— And I'm, I'm now, I'm going to buy his jersey, I think, as a result. The, the Bills or the Ravens or something, you see that photo, you're like, we let the, the dad bod guy? Is that great? That's a bad dude, though. I oh, see now oh, you're hating. That's, that's a bad dude. No, like but you Do- know what I'm Dominique Foxworth said Patrick Mahomes is so good that he got his tight end Travis Kelsey dating Taylor Swift, the biggest star on the planet. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> that's how, that's how good Patrick next. Mahomes We're is. on to Friday. We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.